Well, as we walk our journey in life, we can at times be tossed and turned by conditions and circumstances. Yep, like losing your glasses. We can occasionally get thrown off course and lose our way like losing your glasses. We can now and again forget who we are. And sometimes life's easier than... No, I'm... Well, if you know what I'm talking about, this is a good month for you because each week we are returning home. Have you noticed that? We are returning home. And we are using the following words from Ernest Holmes from his book Observations as our anchor guide. First, at home, in the silence of our own thought, let us heal ourselves of fear, of doubt, of uncertainty. Let our lives be peaceful. Let our lives be whole. Then shall that peace which is God abiding within us radiate from us. There are words from Charles Fillmore in his book, Talks on Truth, we're going to use as another anchor. Let us not look abroad for power or for wisdom, but seek at home. There in the silent recesses of our own soul, we will find the pearl of great price. The well of living water must spring up within us. We are his beloved. And I'll say it again. We are his beloved. And nothing short of his opulence will satisfy us. That's some pretty heavy-duty words, huh? Nothing short of his opulence will satisfy us. So today, we continue our journey by returning home to peace, even when we are in the midst of change. Today, we're going to take a look at that way. It's simple, oh, very simple, yet deeply profound. Have you ever found in life that some of the simplest things are the most profound? You go back and you say, the mystics and the spiritual masters of antiquity have known it. They've taught it. They have shared it. And most of all, most of us don't get it. Here it is. If you want peace, then you must choose peace. You must make the choice to return home to peace. Whether we mean peace in the family, peace in the job, peace in the church, peace in the community, peace in the world, peace begins with a conscious choice made by an individual. Peace is an inside job. It is a one person-at-a-time job. And we will get into that more in a few minutes. Thich Nhat Hanh, in his book, Peace is Every Step, is an amazingly beautiful guide to his idea. And if you haven't read anything by Thich Nhat Hanh, I deeply suggest that you do. A powerful, powerful, intelligent, mystic person. The foreword of the book was written by the Dalai Lama, and here's what he said. Although attempting to bring about world peace through the internal transformation of individuals may seem difficult. It is the only way. Peace must first be developed within. And I believe that love, compassion, and altruism are the fundamental basis for peace. Once these qualities are developed within an individual, he or she is then able to create an atmosphere of peace and harmony. And this atmosphere can be expanded and extended from the individual to his family, from the family to the community, and eventually to the whole world. 
His words reminded me of the profoundly beautiful Chinese proverb, if there is light in the soul, there will be beauty in the person. If there is beauty in the person, there will be harmony in the house. If there is harmony in the house, there will be order in the nation. If there is order in the nation, there will be peace on earth. Isn't that something you could put your mind to every day and gain from? Here's a, another fundamental spiritual truth. No effect can be held in place without a cause to sustain it. So therefore, I choose to be peace. I choose a consciousness of peace in order to experience peace. In the July 1955 issue of Science of Mind magazine, Ernest Holmes wrote, Let us realize if the world is to be healed of war and brought into peace, it won't have been because guns were bigger and better or more of them. We may need them until it does heal itself, but that will come to pass only because somewhere along the line, the balance of the scales of eternal truth shall fall on the side of peace. Let us, you and me, pray for peace. And let us make our hearts fit to accept it when it comes. Let us make our intellect and our soul and our will and our feeling ready to receive it and embrace it even before it comes. Let us, in the stillness of our own soul, go back to the ineffable presence which is peace and proclaim it, even in the midst of confusion, that peace which is the power at the heart of God. So the key then lies in remembering that our power to make peace a reality in our world lies in our ability to choose peace, to be peace. I have three ideas that I would like to share with you this morning that I, I trust can assist you in choosing peace. They are one, realizing our interbeingness. Two, practice mindfulness. You've heard of that, I think. Three, be only loving kindness. Let me go into these in detail a little. You know, we, we go to church and you see people so often in the church sitting there drifting off in their minds and trying to find fault in something that the speaker is saying, well, don't try that with me. I have lots of faults. Find what you can find in the words that I'm giving you today. First thing we're going to talk about is realizing our interbeingness. The idea of interbeingness comes from Thich Nhat Hanh. Let me explain. Use your imagination now and see a cloud floating in a sheet of paper. Not unlike this one. Can you see it? Sure. Great. Because without that cloud, there would be no piece of paper. Say what? Well, without that cloud, there would be no rain. Without that rain, the trees cannot grow. And without trees, they cannot make paper. The cloud is essential for the paper to exist. If the cloud is not here, this sheet of paper cannot be here either. So we can say that the cloud and the paper, you're going to like this one, interbe. Like that? 
I don't know if I do or not, but they are. <laughs> Looking even more deeply. Well, let me go back to it. The loggers, father and mother, are in it too. Interbeingness is not in the dictionary yet, but it ought to be. Let's take it a step further. If we probe more into this sheet of paper, we can see that the sunshine in it is there because without sunshine, like we said, the forest cannot grow. And so we know that the sunshine is also in this piece of paper. The paper and the sunshine inter-are. And if you're like me, when you read this, you're going, say what? Stick with it. If we continue to look, we can see that the logger who cut the tree and brought it to the mill is in the paper. And with a closer look, we will see wheat. We know that the logger cannot exist without his daily bread, and therefore the wheat that became his bread is also in this sheet of paper. The logger's father and mother are in it too. When we look in this way, we see that without all of these things, this sheet of paper cannot exist. Looking even more deeply, we can see ourselves in this sheet of paper too. Now this is not difficult to see because when we look at a sheet of paper, it becomes part of our perception. Your mind is in here. And mine is also. So we can say that everything is in here with this sheet of paper. Looking even more deeply, we can see ourselves in this sheet of paper too. Now this is not difficult to see because when we look at a sheet of paper, it becomes part of our perception. Your mind is in here and mine is also. So we can say that everything is in here with this sheet of paper. We cannot point out one thing that is not here. Time, space, earth, rain, minerals in the soil, the sunshine, the cloud, the river, the heat, you and me. Everything coexists with this sheet of paper. That is why the word interbe should be in the dictionary. To be is to interbe. We cannot be just ourselves alone. We have to interbe with every other thing. And this sheet of paper is because everything else is. We are because everything else is. That's a lot, huh? Yesterday I caught for a little bit on KPCC. They were talking with a physicist who was a multidimensional physicist. And he was talking about things being the way they are and how everything is interconnected. And how if we see a person sitting here, let's say with a, a star-spangled shirt on, someplace else in our world there is that same person with a star-spangled shirt on. And this physicist was saying that everything that is exists and becomes because it's not alone. We are all here. We are all one. That's a lot, huh? Take a deep breath. Shake things up a bit. Did you get that? Pretty fascinating concept, isn't it? What does this have to do with our topic this morning? Everything 
The first step in returning home to peace is to realize this interbeingness. And connected to our interbeingness is the realization that everything we could ever need, want, desire for our peace and happiness is already ours. All those things are already part of us. We need not hunt for them. We need not chase them down. We just must settle in to them. And that is exactly what we do when we practice mindfulness. What is mindfulness? You know this. Being fully and completely in the present moment. How often is our peace disrupted because we are regretting the past or worrying about the future? I love this poem. I don't know who wrote it, but it's called I Am. I was regretting the past, fearing the future. Then suddenly, my Lord was speaking my name. My name is I Am. God paused. I waited. God continued. When you live in the past with its mistakes and regret, it is hard. I am not there. My name is not I was. When you live in the future with its problems and fears, it is hard. I am not there. My name is not I was. When you live in the future with its problems and its fears, it is hard. I I am not there. My name is not I will be. But when you live in this moment, it is not hard. I am there. I am here because my name is I am. In the Buddhist tradition, they use temple bells to remind themselves to return home to peace by bringing back to the present moment. Every time they hear a bell, have a a bell chime, and I didn't bring my bell. They stop talking, stop thinking, and return to themselves, breathing in and out and smiling. Breathe in, breathe out, smile. Whatever people are doing, they pause for a moment and just enjoy breathing. Sometimes when they hear a bell or on the breath, they say to themselves, listen, listen. And on the out breath, they say to themselves, this wonderful sound brings me back to my true self. In his book, Peace is Every Step, Thich Nhat Hanh writes that since coming to the West, he does not hear many Buddhist temple bells. Fortunately, there are many church bells in Europe, not as many in America. Whenever he gives a lecture in Switzerland, he makes use of the church bells to practice mindfulness. And when the bell rings, he stops talking, and everyone present listens to the full sound of the bell. Listen. Listen, on the in-breath, listen, listen, on the out-breath, this wonderful sound brings me back to my true self. He says, I think it is better than the lecture. What can be your bell? Another powerful mindfulness practice is this simple breathing exercise. Breathing in, I calm my body. Breathing out, I smile. Dwelling in the present moment, 
I know this is a wonderful moment. Or as we are following our breath, we can simply say, calming, smiling, present moment, wonderful moment. This idea of mindfulness is a way to return home to peace. And it's not just a Buddhist idea. In fact, in the Jewish tradition, a passage from the Talmud reads, the inner peace of the world to come is living in this world with full attention. How can you live in this world with full attention? The only loving kindness, the inner peace of the world to come, is living in this world with full attention. The only loving kindness. And finally, choose to return home to peace by being only loving kindness. Gandhi, quoting the Buddha, often said, hatred does not cease by hatred at any moment. Hatred ceases by love. There was a story told of Gandhi that he went into a village where there was this tremendous agitator. He was notorious for being an agitator. When Gandhi walked into the village, the guy walked up, grabbed him around his little slender neck, and started choking him. The people were standing there horrified. It is said there was not even a flicker of hostility in Gandhi's eyes, not a word of protest, no fighting back, no self-defense. He yielded himself completely to the flood of love within him. And in an instant, the man broke down like a little child and fell sobbing at his feet. The people around him thought it was a miracle. For Gandhi, who was reused to the miracle of love, it only proved for the hundredth time in his own life the depths of the words. Hatred does not cease by hatred at any time. Hatred ceases by love. And my friends, this is an unalterable law. So how do we return home to peace? Well, we will go along toward it if we can. One, realize our interbeingness, knowing the connection of all beingness and how everything ever needed is already within us. Two, practice mindfulness. Stay focused on the I am presence. Three, be only loving kindness. Having only a consciousness of love. Thich Nhat Hanh offers a river meditation. It's from his book, Peace is at Every Step, which is a metaphor for how we lose our peace and can then return home to it. Close your eyes if you like and see yourself as a river. Once upon a time, there was a beautiful river finding her way among the hills and forests and meadows. She began by being a joyful stream of water, a spring always dancing and singing as she ran down from the top of the mountain. She was very young at the time. And as she came to the lowlands, she fall, slowed down. She was thinking about going to the ocean. As she grew up, she learned to look beautiful, winding gracefully among the hills and meadows. One day, she notices the clouds. Clouds of all sorts of colors and forms. She did nothing during this day but chase after clouds. 
She wanted to possess a cloud, to have one for herself, but clouds float and travel in the sky, and they are always changing their form. Sometimes they look like an overcoat, sometimes like a horse, because of the nature of impermanence with the clouds. The river suffered very much. Her pleasure, her joy, had become just chasing after clouds, one after another. But because she could never catch one, despair, anger, and hatred became her life. Then one day, a strong wind came and blew away all the clouds in the sky. The sky became completely empty. Our river thought that life was not worth living, for there are no longer any clouds to chase after. She wanted to die. But how can a river cease to be? That night, the river had the opportunity to go back to herself for the first time. She had been running for so long after something outside of herself that she had never seen herself. That night was the first opportunity for her to hear her own crying the sounds of the water crashing against the banks of the river. Because she was able to listen to her own voice, she discovered something quite important. She realized that what she had been looking for was already in her. She found out that clouds are nothing but water. Clouds are born from water and will return to water. She found out that she herself is also water. The next morning, when the sun was in the sky, she discovered something beautiful. She saw the blue sky for the first time. She had never noticed it before. She'd only been interested in clouds, and she'd missed seeing the sky, which is the home of all the clouds. Clouds are impermanent, but the sky is stable. She realized that the immense sky had been within her heart since the very beginning. This great insight brought peace and happiness. As she saw the vast, wonderful blue sky, she knew that her peace and stability would never be lost again. That afternoon, the clouds returned. But this time, she did not want to possess any of them. She could see the beauty of each cloud, and she was able to welcome all of them. When a cloud came by, she would greet it with loving kindness. And when that cloud wanted to go away, she would wave to it happily and with loving kindness. She realized that all clouds are her. She didn't have to choose between clouds and herself. Peace and harmony existed within her and the clouds. That evening, something wonderful happened. When she opened her head completely to the evening sky, she received the image of a full moon, beautiful, round like a jewel within herself. She had never imagined that she could receive such a beautiful image. There is a very beautiful poem in Chinese. The fresh and beautiful moon is traveling in the utmost empty sky. When the mind rivers of living beings are free, that image of the beautiful moon will reflect in each of us. This was the mind of the river at that moment. She 
she received the image of that beautiful moon within her heart and water and clouds and moon took each other's hand and mindfully walked slowly to the ocean. There is nothing to chase after. All that we need is here. We can go back to ourselves, enjoy our breathing, our smiling, ourselves. Let us, in this moment, return home to peace. Nothing to evaluate, nothing to strive for, nothing to pretend to be, but peace. That is our destiny. That is who we are at this moment. And we celebrate it. And we say, thank you, 